You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. Echo and Narcissus, Chapter 3, in which Brennan is elusive. Finding Finn was the easy part. The Salt Circus currently occupied the main showground that lay between the two cities of Narcissus and Echo. It was made up of three wide, well-mown fields for the Carnival Big Top and Campground, respectively, and it was fenced with bright poles of purple, blue and gold. Every panel of canvas was painted with tentacles, tropical fish or mermaid tails. It was too early for the carnival to be open, but the whole setup looked slick and glamorous, ready for a wave of customers to swarm in the front gate and spend their money as fast as they could scoop it from their pockets. Kurt found Finlay Faraday, leaning against a fence, eating a breakfast burrito with a pink-haired girl at the nearby coffee cart. There you are, she said, eyes lighting up like he was the one who'd been missing. Guess what? You decided to stay out all night and terrify everyone, he guessed. Her face shifted slightly. Oh, yeah. I thought you were a big, tough ass... uh, asshole. (laughs) Good save, he said dryly. Glad at least she was smart enough to stop herself from saying the word assassin out loud with a stranger right there. I'm still going to be concerned about a missing teenager. Not as concerned as your mothers, who, by the way, are probably setting fire to Dumb Dumber and Dickhead right now for coming home without you. Right. Going. Gone. Thanks for the party invite, E. She blew a kiss to the pink-haired girl, who shrugged and waved her away. Finn scrambled off down the hill, and Kurt fell into step beside her. He needed to hunt down their elusive gaffer, but... He also wanted to make damn sure Finn made it back to the camp without further distractions. How was the salt circus? he asked, to keep things friendly. Oh, it was the worst, she burst out. Super cringe. Their carnival's half the size of ours and the show is awful. All freak show, no finesse. You know the type. Hey, we have tentacles for arms. We're such weird and edgy outsiders. Whatever. Our circus is full of freaks too, but we don't make a song and dance about it. Oh! Finn stopped suddenly in the middle of the pavement. The singing, Kurt! They just kept singing all the time. There were full cast medleys and solos. Even the trapeze artists never shut up. No competition then, Kurt observed. She slumped against his arm. They took. So much money. It was embarrassing. Do I have to learn how to sing? Teach the dragons to tap dance first. She cheered up a little. That's true. We have dragons. All they have is ocean-themed mutations and a full orchestra. We totally win. Kurt would have run a mile if the dragon circus hired an orchestra. And you stayed out all night because... Finn shrugged. Unembarrassed. I met some cool people my age. There was a party. Normally no one notices if I stay out overnight. They noticed. I wish my parents would let me know ahead of time if they're going to get all protective. 
Whatever happened to it's better to ask forgiveness than permission? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the people who say that aren't standing on moral high ground. Kurt walked Finn all the way back to the camp, which took the best part of an hour. He thought about dropping her at the gate, then thought better of it, and marched her directly to the ringmaster's caravan. There you are! Magellan exploded out of the metal door at her daughter, looked her over to check for injury, then waved her away. Puck did all your morning chores. Go count dragons to make sure he did it right. You owe him an afternoon off and then some, young lady. Yep, that's about right, grumbled Finn, trudging in the direction of the dragon pen. Magellan's gaze fell on Kurt. All business. Have you found Brennan yet? That's my next job. One stray at a time. Wait, said Finn, turning back mid-trudge. You're looking for the gaffer? You aren't the only one who went missing overnight. But I saw him. That's what I was going to tell you before I got distracted with orchestral tentacles. Magellan frowned. At the salt circus? Brennan hates the salt circus. So much singing. I know, right? Anyway, uh, Finn flipped some hair in front of her face. I wasn't at the circus exactly when I saw him. The party I went to, well, got a lift back to the circus in the morning, but uh, Kurt and Magellan crossed their arms at the same time, glaring at her. Was this what it was like to be a parent? Kurt was not enjoying it. Where? he barked. Finn pushed, if possible, even more hair in front of her face. The party was in the city. Where in the city? Not Narcissus, she admitted. The party was the club district of Echo. That's where I spotted the gaffer. Wearing a super expensive suit, by the way. Did he win a bet? Wait, did someone else win a bet to make him wear that suit? Magellan looked like she was going to be sick. Kurt... I'll sort it, he said, raising a hand. I'll find him. Magellan nodded. Bring him home. We have some decisions to make over the next few days. If he's not here, he doesn't get a vote. Club districts in every city all look the same in daylight. Streets full of closed-up, sullen buildings in dire need of a lick of paint. They might charge a fortune at night to let you pass the velvet rope, but... During the day, it was all dirt-cheap noodle shops, overflowing bins and seedy drug dealers. The perfect place for a former weapon for hire to lurk and ask questions without drawing attention to himself. There was a light rail running between the cities, which saved Kurt a little time and shoe leather. From the complex map written on the border station wall, it wasn't hard to find the area in Echo that Finn remembered, the train ran directly past Pegasus Street, where he would find the block featuring bars called the Blue Stair and Marigolds. As soon as he stepped off the train, he realised he had made a major miscalculation. The street was unbearably fancy. It gleamed. The Blue Stair was a boutique gin joint, and Marigolds was either a ladies-only private spa or the world's most discreet brothel. Finn had noticed the gaffer's new suit. What she hadn't mentioned was that every bloke in this part of the city wore a fucking suit. 
Kurt, in his usual circus get-up of worn denims, soft flannel shirt and work boots, stuck out like a scarecrow in a gastropub. No noodle shops. No seedy shadows to lurk in. No bins. Where did they keep their bins? Kurt was out of his depth. Usually he did research before a mission. Usually he had some sense of what he was walking into. Usually he knew which building to surveil. There was nothing for it but to take the street bar by bar. None of them looked like places where Brennan would voluntarily spend his time, but Kurt knew nothing specific about the man except that he lived in a circus now, and he once worked for some very bad people in Maritor, a hole straight away from here. After a few moments of consideration, Kurt headed for the blue stair. If nothing else, he could do with a drink. He didn't make it to the doorstep. Mr. Frostad, said a voice that meant business. Kurt turned slowly, all of his killer instincts drawing around him in a tight circle. He faced three big, gorgeously besuited men, like a bunch of wrestlers had dropped by on the way to their annual awards ceremony. Gentlemen, he said politely, our employer wants a word, said the chief suit, a man with a neck so thick that his silk shirt had to be bespoke. No way a fellow that solid bought his pinstripes off the rack. Would you care to join us for a drink? Mr Brennan was hoping you would. Kurt eyed the three of them. Assessing body language, murderous intent and concealed weapons. It wasn't a happy equation. He could take them, but it would get messy. Those beautiful neckties didn't stand a chance. He let his face fall into a friendly smile, postponing the inevitable. Thanks for the invite. Show me the way. Can't wait to meet this boss of yours. As long as mine is still in one piece. In his other life, Kurt had visited a thousand hotels like the Astley. He was familiar with how places like this lured in a new money clientele by smothering their guests in the timeless aesthetic a very, very old money. Every detail of the lobby was grey and white, from the marble floor tiles to the soft furnishings. The elevator was heavy with chrome moulding on the inside. The ceiling featured a detailed cornucopia of fruits and flowers. The mechanism was operated by a cool-eyed woman in a grey and silver uniform who pressed buttons on command. Twelve floors and they were going all the way to the top. The elevator door whirred open to a room full of sunlight. Despite the best efforts of the decor to continue the grey theme throughout, the room was dominated by a giant picture window, spilling morning sunshine all over the grim boardroom table. The table was populated by more men in even more expensive suits. Through the window... Kurt could see the glorious green roof gardens and leafy parapets of the city of Narcissus, and they had a clear view of the Salt Circus with its cheery purple tents. He didn't look for more than a second, though, because Brennan was in this room. Anyone else might have taken a moment or two to notice him, dressed in the same kind of tailored extravagant suit as every other man at the table, but 
Kurt had a serious problem when it came to the gaffer of the Dragon Circus, so his attention was instantly engaged. Brennan gave him a small nod of recognition, not looking surprised at Kurt's presence. Nothing to rescue here. He looked calm and weirdly at home among the grey pinstripes. No, not all grey pinstripes. There was one man at the head of the table, now rising slowly to his feet. He wore a suit all right, but it was entirely unique. This bloke was old, with silver hair and sun-bleached skin, crumpled like tissue paper. He had a sparkling, sinister smile. A salesman's smile, Inger would have said. He was exactly the sort of client Kurt had always hated. The one who liked his own money and power too much. His sleek blue suit, only the boss man wore colours, shimmered in layers with an oddly familiar pattern. Every man in the room was armed and dangerous, but this older man felt confident enough not to carry any weapon at all. So he was the most dangerous then. Good to know. What are you doing here, Kurt? asked Brennan, sounding mildly exasperated. Looking for you, said Kurt. Heroically, he did not add boss to the end of his sentence. This situation was fishy as hell, and he needed more information before he showed his hand. Where's here? Brennan sighed. This is Mr. Grayson and his associates. Mr. Grayson, this is Kurt. He's with me. Glad to know you, son, said the creepy grandpa, wearing what Kurt finally recognised was a suit made from dragonhide. Legit dragonhide. A material that was illegal on nearly every nearby continent because the only way to make a suit like that was to murder at least one dragon. So, said Grayson, his narrow eyes flicking back and forth between Kurt and Brennan. Who's this guy to you, Mike? Muscle or boyfriend? Boyfriend, said Brennan, without missing a beat. He gave Kurt a bland smile, with no obvious coded messages in it. A mystery wrapped in an enigma wrapped in a brand new suit. Overly nosy boyfriend, he added. Kurt had done his share of undercover work over the years. He knew how to yes and with the best of them. Fake boyfriend was a particular specialty of his. That's me, he said cheerfully. I'm the boyfriend. My pal here with the neck said something about drinks. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. Uh, you can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at SheepMightFly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRRBooks. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. This month, Patreon subscribers can download Death at the Dragon Circus, which is the first Curtin Inga story. And next month, they'll be able to download. Uh, Echo and Narcissus probably a week or two before we finish it on the podcast so if you've been thinking about subscribing to Patreon that is one of the rewards you can look forward to. See you next week. (laughs) 